0: And G'day
1: folks. G'day, I'm Kana. I'm Embi. Welcome to the Lemacy Games. And this is kind of a back-to-back episode, but we're recording the second one first. So it's as we call here in Australia, it's Arse End. (laughs) Arse ended, yeah. Um Amby has uh, just interviewed Chris Martin yes because um, you couldn't get your fucking tech together oh my god so yeah my my computer decided Microsoft thank you Microsoft by the way um, my updates did, decided at a very inconvenient time to update itself I
0: hate how
1: Microsoft do that with their operating system
2: it just gives oh me the shit. shit like you wouldn't believe you. and it takes uh, fucking forever it, it can never took tur-
0: sorry Sorry, folks, have you noticed? Because we're doing this back to back but the wrong way round, we're actually doing the wrong way. Usually we start kind of quite sober and get pissy, and then the second episode is really pissy. Now we've actually stayed in the first episode pissy, and then the second episode will be a little bit sober. So it'll be weird. But anyway, you'll get with the drift. But, yeah, look...
1: I don't know why they do that. And then you can't shut it down, and you
0: can't do Do shit. Do not do anything. And you can't control the fucker. It just happens.
1: Yeah, yeah, it just comes. It's forced on you. Um, To be honest with you, Sunday morning would have been an ideal time for my computer to update had I not been um, scheduled to... Do an interview. Do an interview with someone in America. So, there you go. I missed it. But you did get to ask some of my questions. Mm. Yeah. It was good. Um... So, for those of you who don't know, Chris
0: Martin is uh, predominantly more a face-to-face player.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's how he described himself. Absolutely. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah, because he does mostly
1: face-to-face. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Um, Um, uh, Anyway, so uh, the reason we um, got in contact with him was Mm -hmm. because he's um, organising... Or helping to organize. So, yeah, he's, he's the, one the, host. Of the so, so he host. kind of
0: actually made this quite clear. So he's the host of World DipCon 2018 in Washington, D.C. Yes. Uh, so it's WDC is, in D.C. Which is coming up in October. October. Yep. So the first week of October. I think it's the 5th to the 8th or something like that.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so something like that.
0: Yeah. So um, in, the, in the interview, we talk around a lot of different things around... Um, Thank you, Kana. Because I'm too pissed now to remember what we talked about. <laughs> we talked about the actual uh, the tournament itself, and what's planned, yes. Uh, who's going? Yes. Uh, why people should go if you haven't been to a tournament, or even if you're not really a big face-to-face player, why you should, why want to you, go you anyway. maybe yep. should be going. Yep. And look, I'd imagine if honestly, if you were if you were doing a bit of a James Brown and you're
1: living in America, you know. Absolutely. You know, I mean, for you and I, it's it's, it's a 12-hour trip. Even no, more, longer. It's like a 24-hour trip. Oh, it's not 24 hours. So it's like to get about... To get to the, to get the east coast of the, the US. Literally on the other side of the world.
0: Is that 10 hours from here to LA. And then, what, another five hours to east coast?
1: It's still a hell of lot. And
0: then you've got to have your yeah, layover, yeah, go yeah.
1: through American customs, get felt up. Yes, Get 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 examined to see if you're a uh, terrorist, you know, terrorist. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, but we talked about a lot of different things. What I I, I I was very interested to hear how they score it. Oh yes. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it's no gents will let you listen to it. Um, in that sense, I was also I I, <laughs> I actually found it quite interesting how. Um, they structured it to the to the extent that, um, that there were several slots where you, you like there's three three time periods, but one of those time periods you are not to play to allow people for time to check out Washington DC. And,
0: yeah. So what is it? Yeah. Is there's basically there's four segments or something like that. I can't remember what it was, but like you only play for three of them, mm. and the other one you get rotated.
1: That's right. So you can observe. You can spend some time out, look at the um, Washington monuments, and see old Abe Lincoln reclining with a on his pipe. back porch. Yeah. You know. Whenever I think of that, I just think of um, 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 that, that team America. You know, uh, oh. freedom isn't free. Cost folks like you and me Bucko five. I
0: thinking, I can't remember. If it was uh, there was some movie where he became like animated. Was that like in? Yeah, that, that Smithsonian Museum one with Ben Stiller, Night in the Museum, where they kind it of all ran around at night time or
1: something. It's actually kind of a bit of a, a, a trope, isn't it? Like, that, that's happened in Robot Chicken, it's happened in um, South Park, it's happened in uh, Futurama, that happened. I don't
0: know. Probably. So it, yeah. Hey, because we've done it all, us and round, and we're all kind of already... Pretty pissed. We've actually forgotten to talk about where we are and what we're drinking.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I'm drinking a ballistic beer from Mexico. It's um, it's not from Mexico, is it?
0: Ballistic beer
1: is based in Salisbury,
0: in Brisbane. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got it's got the Mexican um, you know sugar. It's got the, the sugar, Day of sugar, the Dead type of yeah, sugar sugar skull. Sugar ray no. Um, it's a sugar skull. Sugar skull, yeah, that's the that's the design.
0: Isn't it just called a skull?
1: No, the, like the Day of the Dead, where they put a little type shit on it. Yeah, oh, yeah the, the flowers and stuff. It's a sugar skull. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I can't yeah. see from here. Maybe I need glasses. It's quite a nice drop, actually. Like it's, it's got it's got caffeine in it. It's got a bit of pepper. It's got a bit of cinnamon, but it all round it's like it's, it's nice on the palate. What are you drinking, Ambie? Okay, so for this particular episode, I am having
0: a D'Arenberg... How do we work out? this was pronounced Kana. Anthropocene, Anthropocene, epoch Anthropocene, Mencia. So
1: the Anthropocene epoch, so the, this, is, this is the human epoch. So oh. you've got the Epocene, you've got the Miocene, and so the Anthropocene is the human epoch, which is causing an extinction effect.
0: of all the other scenes.
1: The, the other scenes, yeah. it has <laughs> oh, oh, been like several mass extinctions yeah yeah and Miocenes and I
0: thought that was caused by like comets
1: and and asteroids and yeah but shit. each of those the, the Pliocene the Miocene the, the 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 Paleocene or what you know those ones they are all like scenes like different organisms of the the powerful
0: yeah so like when it started off was yeah. like just the fish and then the fish came out of the water like that you know um, bat, yeah but they've all gone voice, through like that, that clip yeah so that's the epoch. yeah
1: yeah um, But they're usually associated with an extinction event. So, um, you know, we're living through like an extinction event right now. Humans are making untold amounts of animals extinct daily. That's true. um, You know, picking fights with Russia. (laughs) <laughs> he's picking fights with Iran right now. he's picking he fights he? with Iran yeah Iran right it's,
0: it's like okay let's yeah. we've got North Korea under control job done let's go <laughs> fucking pick a fight
1: with Iran yay yeah, yeah, yeah. you know oh man I just oh look I, look I guess what fascinates me is not so much um, I, 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 I do find it quite nutty what, what, what's coming out around this stuff you know I mean, the, the fact that the guy's communicating to us by a, Twitter, for God's sake, in capital letters half the time. Yep. Yeah? I I just find that so bizarre in a statesman, what should be expected of a statesman. Now, quite beside that, I I still don't... I'm still trying to to figure out, like, what is it that caused someone like that to be elected in the first place? Yeah, what what elements must have been... the, The stars must have aligned in a certain way to allow for a certain type of person like that to be able to i, I just find it i find it amazing I, I, I... well it's the type of thing that depending on what we
0: say now you'll either make you know half of the audience very very happy or the other half really really pissed off at you Kana. so um...
1: well no i actually i predicted <laughs> the guy would win i
0: did Oh, yeah, I know, no, no. we had conversations around this whilst he was early on during the primaries. We're going, "This is the most hilarious thing ever." There's no way in the world this guy's ever going to possibly, yeah, let alone kind of get the nomination.
1: You know, you know, but, you know, I'm, I'm not being I'm a, I, I, I don't know what you're being, but anyway, I, I, I'm trying to be. You know, I, 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 I guess I'm what I'm interested, interested in. I, I find it really difficult to to get how like... The whole use of social media feels to me. I don't get it. I don't what get it. Get what, get what gets me as like a diplomacy
0: player and, and obviously that nuance that is necessary when you're communicating with your allies or who people who should be your allies or you want to be We're your allies to figure out, you know, what they, and those yeah. who you're not quite sure, there's a certain nuance there. And I can imagine all these guys sitting around the state Park, State Department literally every day yeah. going, What did he tweet last night at one AM?
1: How can we spin this to the and,
0: and how yeah. are we going to deal with this? <laughs>
1: got to be a nightmare for foreign affairs you know like honestly to to
0: but what about when he was in britain and kind of you know had a spray, <laughs> a spray with <laughs> theresa may <laughs> like around brexit and everything like that it's like you guys just fucked
1: this up which everyone knows that they fucked it yeah, up I know, I know i know i know better just to come out and sort of say it and put and a leader of a foreign nation, on a spot going, like that, yeah, build
0: buddy buddy with Putin and say, oh yeah, I have got no reason to believe the Russians did anything to do with the
1: with hacking, crooked Hillary's thing. Yeah, they just say, uh, you know, and then sort of say, you know, uh, come out the next day or the next day, next two days later, sort of say, oh, I oh, yeah, say yeah. wouldn't instead of would. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> honestly, mate, I mean, I mean, are we meant to say that, you know, anything you say can be changed after you say it. It's pretty ridiculous, honestly. Yeah. Oh well. Anyway, um, we
0: are digressing away from the purpose totally of digressing. a diplomacy podcast. So, our oh, right. uh, um. I, I apologies,
1: folks, for all that. Um, crap. Side track. Side track. <laughs> yes. Um, anyway, um, so we had this. Dis- we had a great discussion about. Um, <laughs> we. I did. <laughs> you did. You, would, you were. Too, to them, you honestly, were
0: too. you too busy, bloody. I'm trying to update
1: this, but I think going. So I am. You had a great discussion. Anyway, guys, you have a listen. Um, we'll get back to you when it's finished. Okay? Okay. Bye.
3: Bye. Oh God! Bloody my phone. You think my phone would know what VDIP dip is? It changes to V Why would it do that?
2: <laughs> Bloody! It knows something we don't.
3: Bloody apple piece of shit. Okay, let's go, Chris. Ready All to right. rock and roll?
2: Yeah, let's do this.
3: Awesome. Okay. Um, welcome today to another uh, interview. Today we're interviewing Chris Martin. Oh, my phone's just gone. Bing. <laughs> Fifteen percent now. Uh, we might start <laughs> that one again.
2: <laughs> okay. I don't know. That that bing might be the sign that, that uh, it's time to interview Chris Martin.
3: Okay. Okay. We'll keep that one in. Good. Good stuff. Um, you know. You know the way that we roll, Chris. So um, welcome today, Chris, to a uh, your or yeah, well, to uh, to diplomacy games. Um, at the moment, it is just me, Ambi, with you. Uh, Kainer is in the process, as we were just discussing um, off mic, about trying to deal with a auto-update on his computer. And I'm, I'm getting text messages at the moment when he's getting progress. So He's gone from 14% updated to 15% updated. So on the wow. basis of this, we'll probably do the whole interview <laughs> without him. Um and you did mention before that you, uh, it's, it's evening over there in, in Washington, D.C., as opposed to uh, early in the morning here in Australia. So you, you are at least uh, started. You've got a glass of, of wine there. What are, you, what are you drinking at the moment, Chris? I'm
2: drinking a, a lovely uh, Cabernet Sauvignon from Oregon, um, mm-hmm. from a vineyard called 14 Hands. It's, uh, it's one of our favourite table wines here. Oh,
3: okay. What, um, what's, it, what's it taste like?
2: It is, um, I would say, if you're a wine guy, it's not very fruity. It's got more of sort of an oaky heaviness to it, but not a lot of tannins, which is why I like it.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm not a very heavy tannin guy either, I must admit. Um, actually, we've got to go off topic here for a moment, Chris. My, my yeah. son is in process of who is underage because so he can't legally drink yet. Uh, but his school has actually given him an assignment in, uh, I think it's economics, where he has to do some sort of subject around, or the business, I think it's business actually, where it's around um, understanding the export market and it's for wine. So the actual whole class is doing this thing around wine and exporting and what makes a good wine for exporting and target markets and things like that. So we actually went into the local um, uh, big box type of liquor shop here, which is Dan Murphy's. That- they were having a tasting session and they were obviously weren't able to serve him, but they were able to kind of give him, you know, so he could smell the nose and smell the different types of, of um, red wines. And then they also had a little, a little kit there that you can kind of smell the differences between what oak and, you know, mm. seed, you know, strawberries and all this type of thing. So that was quite a useful exercise, totally off topic. Off topic, from, off um, topic to but, it. you
2: know, drinking is never really that far off topic
3: but but to be a good diplomacy player um obviously you and you would know this because you are a very good diplomacy player with a very good reputation um you probably can't drink too much when you're at these events can you
2: i think that the the key is to drink socially but responsibly it's uh it there's a classic curve that we we call the tim richardson curve where you become better as you become a little more relaxed and you're a little more persuasive and you're having a little bit more fun. And then after a certain number of drinks and everybody has a different place on the Tim Richardson curve where they fall, suddenly you try to make the longest road with your fleets and uh, it, it all goes sideways. So you can have a little, but not too much.
3: That, that's, a, that's a good philosophy, actually, because uh, I think the times that I've, no, I've, I've um, maybe had a bit too a bit too much, mm. and I've been playing online. Um, yes, my, my game play is usually pretty ordinary, but then again, it's pretty ordinary at the best of times anyway.
2: Yeah, we try so, often to have a, a round uh, in, in the tournaments in or near a bar um, just because people like to have a drink while they're playing, and then if you get knocked out uh, early, then you can just go straight to the bar and get to the serious drinking.
3: I've often, I mean, both Cana both and I have often talked around the idea of actually having a drunk diplomacy game. Now, <laughs> obviously, we are more online type of players and the, the nature of the world, you know, the fact, particularly where we are located, and, and most players are in America, uh, it does make it quite difficult to, to do that because either you guys are, are drinking and, and we're doing like what I'm doing now, I'm having coffee, or right. it's um, you know, the flip side of that. Um, within the face-to-face area, there must be, has there ever been like a serious attempt to play a proper game of drunk diplomacy?
2: I think the problem is that the, the, you start saying, setting goals like, okay, you take a drink when you lose a center or you gain a center, and it just gets ridiculous because everything changes hands so quickly at the beginning, you're picking up neutrals and then, so now there have been plenty of games of diplomacy where there was way too much drinking um, and things got out of hand. But um, no, no game where, that I know of where they set out to say, okay, we're going to play some drunk diplomacy. Although I think if people listen to this, uh, I know some folks who would definitely be willing to give it a go.
3: So you reckon you could put together a board for that, like as a, as a tail ender maybe for the, um, for the World Diplomacy Cup in D.C.?
2: Maybe. Maybe we could do that. Maybe in the, in the final round for people who aren't competing for the top boards on the top board rather. That's not a bad
3: idea, yeah, because I'd imagine everyone's on a pretty tight schedule and everything. So do you want to talk a little bit about you're – the, you're the coordinator uh, for the World Diplomacy yeah. Championship, aren't you? For
2: yeah, I am. So Clim- uh, I'm, I'm oh, the have. captain of the, the Washington, D.C. Club, which is the Potomac T.N. and Knife Society, or as we're affectionately known, Pit Kissers, P-T-K-S. <laughs> um, and, yeah, we're hosting the uh, World DipCon, World DipCon 30 in October, October 5th through 7th in Washington, D.C. We're gonna be on Connecticut Avenue in one of the Hilton hotels. Uh, We've got, they have a big conference area. We've got a couple of big rooms and lots of areas where you can walk around and do all your negotiating. It's it's coming together pretty well. It's July, we've got 12 boards of players pre-registered. Um, from all over the world, we've got people coming from down under, we've got folks coming from England and France and Canada and Paris, and we've got four players coming from Russia, if they can get their visas figured out. So that's pretty exciting. I don't know that we've ever had uh, Russian players come to the United States to play Diplomacy.
3: Wow. Okay. So um, a little bit of bit of fake news action happening there within yeah. the diplomacy boards, Do you think?
2: Maybe. Maybe they're they're using it as a cover to come to Washington D.C. for other reasons. But uh, one of the uh, <laughs> play diplomacy honestly. guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, big gun from play diplomacy uh, teaches English as a second language, and he was in Moscow doing a teaching thing, and he knows some diplomacy players over there, and he was promoting it and Mm -hmm. so this guy wrote back and said hey i'd like to do this how do we do it with visas and we told him. and he's got like three friends another one from moscow and two from st petersburg they're they're trying to get over here
3: wow okay so that sounds really good um um obviously i joked around that they're probably you know undercover but you can never (laughs) quite tell with the russians
2: (laughs) (laughs) indeed indeed i i know uh, a couple united states players who are in the State Department, and I always think that um, maybe they're using it for cover as well. I think that's a, a pretty common uh, a thing to do is if you're a diplomat in real life, you know, you like to play the game diplomacy.
3: Awesome. Um, actually one thing you mentioned, the fact that it's being hosted at the at the Hilton, that, that's that's pretty classy, Chris. So a bit of a bit of a backslap there for you on that one. Many times the World Dipcoms used to be, you know, usually I don't know, like on a, a camp, university campus or something like that to kind of keep down costs. How did you manage to, you know, snag a, a, a you know, an event like a, a, a location like that?
2: Well, we've been working uh, we've been hosting diplomacy tournaments in the D.C. area for 20 years as a club. I haven't been involved that whole time, but we've built some good relationships with a couple of different chains. And what we agreed to do in this case was book a certain number of room nights, right? So we guarantee them that they're going to have X number of people staying at their hotel. And given that we're gonna get people Thursday through Sunday night, I felt pretty confident that we would hit that number. And that's good business for them, and it's, it's good for us to get a, a nicer spot than if we were, like, on, you know, a university campus or just at an airport hotel, which is another place that we often see tournaments held. So mm-hmm. I honestly think that it's not that hard to work with the major chains, Mike um, Hilton, for big events like this if you can bring the bodies. If if you, if you yep. think that you can get, you know, 50 people to spend a couple of nights at their hotel, that's a lot of money for them uh, on an off weekend. So uh, I Absolutely. would encourage They're other people, impressive. yeah, yeah. To, to aim high.
3: <laughs> okay, well, well, that's that's well done. Good good job. So um, it's, how does this compare so far with the number of people who have signed up compared to other DipCons?
2: You know, I want to say that we're at the number of players that were in Oxford last year right now. Mm -hmm. I want to say that there were 11 boards in Oxford. I I have in my mind that there were about 77 people there, plus or minus. Um, I know that in Chicago the year before that, it was between 14 and 15 boards. So they had a few more players. Uh, And then as you kind of go back, some of them are a little bigger and some of them a little smaller. I don't think we're going to get to the the largest one, which was more than 200 people. Um, yeah, that was back in uh, Denver and 15 years ago, I think. Uh, Man Hand, who uh, ran the diplomatic pouch back in the day, ran it. And hmm. he pulled out all the stops. He called in all the favors he could. And everybody loved him, so everybody came out for it. But I'm hopeful <laughs> we're going to crack 100. Um, and, I, you know, we've got... You know, two months left for people to make up their mind to get on a plane and and come visit. Uh, We're working with folks to help them out with accommodations. If the the Hilton is too ritzy, then there's a a youth hostel that we're going to connect people up with. And some folks are getting an Airbnb and uh, shacking up together save a little money. So it's definitely people shouldn't let the expense of coming stop them. That's what I want to say about that.
3: And and obviously, you know, you'll, you'll be attracting, no doubt, a lot of the, the heavy hitters, you know, the well-known mm-hmm. diplomacy players will be coming along. So if you're a, um, you know, you, you don't necessarily have the confidence that you're, you know, you can kind of mix it with the big guns, what would be the advantages of coming along to to the actual convention, going on to DIPCON, if, well, you, if you're not really confident around your abilities?
2: I think that history has proven that somebody knew Finishes in the top three almost every year last oh, wow. year. It was Tanya Gill and Nobody knew who she was she came in third at worlds last year, and I want to say that it was her first or second face-to-face tournament ever she's a really good mm-hmm. online player and She brought that skill and, and really had a couple of great rounds uh, to finish to to bring that score home um, the year that I won world dipcon Back in 1998, it was my fourth or fifth tournament, and nobody knew who I was. And I just was really aggressive and excited about the game, and I had a couple of good results. I would say that if you're confident that you can play diplomacy, and you're pretty comfortable playing face-to-face diplomacy especially, don't let the idea that there are going to be 10 or 12 former world champions there stop you from coming. All you need to do is win the board you're on. And the board you're on, more likely than not, isn't going to have a world champion on it. And if it does, you can always point everybody at him or her, him in this case, right? (laughs) That's one of the big advantages of being a little guy at one of these events is that, you know, oh, my gosh, that's Doug Moore. He's won two times. and, And you guys can't let him get out of the box, can you? Then, you know, make sure you win that board. <laughs> That's what I'd say for people who are, are concerned about the level of play, right? You, um, um, if, if, you're, if you're a good diplomacy player, if you get good results on a regular basis, there's no reason that you can't come out and compete.
3: Excellent. Is there any, I mean, if, if you're, even if you're just a, oh, I don't know, I won't say a mediocre, but, you know, you've, you, you think you're a, you're, sometimes you play well, but more often than not you, you think you, you don't, you know, you mm. luck out. What can you still gain? Because obviously you can still, from my point of view, I'm expecting you know you'd be able to kind of see how other people are actually approaching the the uh, the board, particularly once you're maybe knocked out. Can you hang around and and watch what's going on? What's the what's the the spectator angle uh, if you are eliminated?
2: Oh, ab- absolutely. There's a, a lot to learn at these events um, from a, from the perspective of somebody who's kind of up and coming or has uh, feels like they're maybe good at, at playing France, or Austria, but not so good at some of the other powers, um, you've got lots of opportunity to see some really high quality of play, and not just the, the kind of stuff that you can get online, where you're getting an after action report, or you're looking at somebody else's moves, but hearing how people who are really good at the game talk in and use their time in negotiations Uh, The things that people think are important in tournament play are sometimes different than they are in house play, and that's something that you definitely can learn. If you are in a game and let's say that you get knocked out in 1904, 1905, there are going to be 10 other boards that are still going on, and you can, of course, walk around and kibitz, but one of the things that you can do is you can go and talk to the other people who are there. This is a really social hobby. And of course, there are groups of people who have known each other for 15 years who come to these events to see each other, but we're pretty welcoming as a group to to new folks. Uh, Come up and say, hey, how you doing? And yeah, I got knocked out early, oh, what happened? And then you can kind of talk it around. There's, There's so much more to the experience than just playing diplomacy. In fact, one of the ways we've set up the tournament is there are going to be four preliminary rounds friday morning <laughs> friday evening saturday morning saturday evening and you can only play in three of those rounds okay so everybody in the tournament has to to not play and do something else one of those rounds and that gives people who are coming from uh, far away a chance to go and visit some of the museums if they want to, or see some of historical Washington, D.C., or just go and hang out with their friends. Uh, I know that there are about 17 people from playdiplomacy.com that are going to be there, and they're all going out to dinner on Friday night. So Mm -hmm. there's all kinds of things to do, and we'll have organized stuff as well.
3: Okay. It's lots of fun. So with the organized things, what what do you have in mind?
2: So we're going to have a tour of the Capitol. We're going to go down to Union Station and walk down along the mall and and see the, the various Smithsonian's there at nighttime. That's going to be one of the things to walk down there. It's really pretty. It's all lit up. There, we're going to have a sign-up and see if people want to go to Air and Space Museum out by Dulles Airport. They call it the Udvar Hazy Center, where you can see a space shuttle and uh, a bunch of amazing planes. It's just a, a fantastic space if you're into aviation history. There's good restaurants uh, all throughout the area and good bars in Georgetown and in Adams Morgan, which are both within... Easy walking distance or a short cab ride from our event space.
3: Awesome. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. So if if, if someone is um more uh, okay, so obviously with, with both Cana and my focus has been more around the online space mm-hmm. and I'm kind of expect that a number of our, our listeners are more online players than face to face players. What um you mentioned before that uh, the the third place getter last time round actually was more an online player. Mm-hmm. What type of um, differences or what things does someone need to kind of do within that face-to-face environment that's a little bit different to the online environment?
2: So I think there are three things. Um, I cut my teeth on, on playing online when I was first starting to play. That's, uh, that's the, the thing that you get if you play a lot of online is you're probably better at just sort of general overall tactics than your average face-to-face player with the same amount of experience because they're used to talking to people and getting them to move out of their way or go the way they want to through persuading them, whereas online, you get to study the map a lot and you get to really think about your tactics. So you're going to have something that you bring to the table that maybe is an advantage, but that being said, you have to do it very quickly. The Mm -hmm. clock is always running in these games, and the hardest thing I think to manage for the online people that I've talked to as they come into face-to-face play is how do you make a decision in 15 minutes about what you're going to do when you've had, you know, you've had the orders read, you've had a couple of retreats. Then you went into winter, and you had builds and you got a whole new state of the board, and then you got to go and talk to people, and you really have to understand very quickly what's going on so that you can negotiate accordingly. And then you have to make sure that after your negotiations, you have enough time to think through what your moves ought to be and get them, you know, written down correctly in, in the correct parlance for face-to-face, which is pretty easy for online players. It's pretty straightforward. Um, So time management is, I think, the biggest thing. The other thing is that in face-to-face play, nobody – well, let's not say nobody. Very few people quit and give up and Mm -hmm. kind of just throw up their hand and say, oh, well, I'm dead now. This position is useless. People fight hard at two and three centers and are really you know sticking to their guns and demanding that they be heard and having a space at the table because that's the game and they're there to play until you take their last center from them and i think in online play a lot you know people you know you get your position ground down you see there's alliance okay you you pay less attention to it and you invest less energy in it maybe and that doesn't happen so much in face-to-face games and i think that surprised a number of online players i have talked to about the the way they'll play Kingmaker right um, yeah. especially as you get into the end part of the game and then maybe the last thing to be aware of is that the scoring system is uh, maybe different from what people are used to in online play um, there the scoring system for this tournament is called sum of squares and. You can look that up. It's it's pretty straightforward. You want to end the game having more centers than anybody else, and you want the gap between you and everybody else to be as large as you can if you can't get to 18 centers, which of course is is the best thing to do, right? Um, So if you're expecting, if you're playing towards a draw-based kind of ending, um, there are tournaments in North America like that. Dicticon is one of them where uh, the, the size of the draw is really a big component. Uh, if you're negotiating with your partner in the mid-game and you think that that's the ending you're going to, you're going to be very surprised when apparently for no reason to you, they betray you and, and turn on you and, and just when you were about to really get across the stalemate line. So the incentives are a little different, if that makes sense.
3: So do you kind of feel that as a result of that, it's a, it's a lot more a cut and thrust? Cut oh, God, I'll get this right. I've drinking <laughs> cut and thrust type of environment than um, the way that the online space can sometimes be.
2: Yeah, I think that um, sometimes in the online games you kind of saddle up and go with, uh, mm. you, you find out who the reliable partner is, right? And then you work with them. And if as long as you are both capable of managing your borders and not getting too far out of position, um, you can go a, a long way, right? And if you're England, and you're playing that and your France as your ally, and you get across the north, maybe you end up with St. Petersburg and Scandinavia, and you know, maybe a German center for nine or 10, and France ends up doing the same thing, kind of getting in Italy or Turkey or Russia. You're like, oh, three-way draw, nine, 10 centers, that's a pretty good result. That's not a great result under this scoring system. Mm. Uh, somebody who has eight centers with the other powers on five might be getting a better score there so um, you're, you're going to want to do a little back-of-the-napkin math, right? And I, honestly, I think it's really just about being aware of the difference. I can't tell you how many people show up at these things, and they find themselves in the end of the game when everybody's negotiating, and they've played really well. We're figuring out what kind of, how is this game going to end? We're going to stop the solo, whatever. But they don't have any idea what the incentives that's the people who are trying to win the tournament are going for. And that can really lead to some hurt feelings and some awkwardness. So don't be that guy.
3: It kind of sounds almost like a, a combination, Summer Squares. I think Summer Squares it, it might be over at it, PlayDip it from memory. Um, it's almost like a combination between, you know, points per supply centre and winner take all, isn't it? Because within a... Points per supply centre, and I've seen, I've played a number of those games where it's everyone is it's far less likely to be stabbing each other because they're working towards the draw and everyone mm-hmm. gets the same amount of points, whilst well, so you get to the, uh, the other side of the curve with winner-take-all. And it is just ruthless. Um, in, a, in a game I'm in, for example, at the moment, which I happen to be doing okay, and I'm probably the lead player, and uh, you know, my ally, for no good reason whatsoever, has just attacked me uh, mainly because he's obviously concerned, I'm going to get the the necessary majority and, and win the whole board. So right. um, it sounds very much like that. If you're bearing in mind that that squaring system, that it's going to um, really lend itself to the fact that your uh, your your friend can become your enemy very very quickly without any real rational reason apart from just the actual system itself.
2: Yeah, and the experienced tournament players definitely look for and take advantage of the people who are less experienced in that regard. Mm -hmm. So if you and I are in an alliance together and I'm leading by a center, right, that's not a big deal, you know, if we we happen to be a spot where it's going to be one center, two centers. But if I can stab you for three centers and bring the game to a close so that I am four centers ahead of everybody else, at 11 or 12, that's a really big score, because obviously the best thing to do is to have a, well, 18 is the best, right? You get the the most points with the solo. Barring that, um, you square the number of centers you have at the end. Mm -hmm. So 12 is significantly better than 11, and 13 is significantly better than 12. So the reason that a lot of games hover around seven, eight, nine centers is that Nobody wants to let somebody get away, you know, to to get to that point where they've got a really safe, you know, nine or ten centers from which they can start to attack. So there's – I would say there's a wide variation, right, that there are enough players who are uh, not cutthroat tournament sharks who are there. I mean, we're going to have, you know, 80-plus people playing um, that the games will vary, But the people who are there and are are looking at how can I do well in this tournament are going to be thinking about how do I become the leader? Is it best to play from kind of second place until we're getting to the point where I think I can stab for the win? Or should I just, you know, find somebody who's willing to saddle up and go with me and we'll get to 12 centers each and figure it out from there? There's there's a lot of ways that it, it plays out.
3: So presumably there's you know, a fair number of solo games, but for other times where you kind of get to that point where there's you know, no one really is able to take the lead, are some of the boards based around an actual time limit so that after a period of time it just cuts out and whatever the scores are there, and then that's when it gets squared?
2: The only game that will have a fixed time limit will be the Sunday round, and that's because people have to catch airplanes. Okay. So on, on Friday and Saturday, you will keep on playing. Now, because we use a central clock for the entire tournament, so everybody is on the same timing. Every board is playing the same season at the same time, if that makes sense. Oh, okay, right, yep. Yeah, it keeps, keeps everything moving right along. You don't have one board where somebody is really slow reading the orders or if there's a an adjudication problem or you have draw votes and the clock stops and the, the games can go really long. I have not seen under this system any game go longer than eight hours, and that's like one marathon game. Where I don't want to say it was Doug Moore, but it could have been somebody else, was grinding out a solo because they saw that they could do it tactically. They just had to get the 50-50 guess right eventually, and it took them, you know, the full eight hours to do. But most games are over between, you know, five hours, six hours, or less uh, under this system.
3: So with that system, then what is there only just one board per day? I when I say one board, I mean, for example, if you're a player, and I think you mentioned before, mm. there's uh, four days and you're only on for three days? Or
2: Yeah, so what we'll do is we'll start Friday morning, and we'll we'll go, and we'll play. And then around, and most of those games will finish before 4 o'clock in the afternoon. People will get a bite to eat. 6 o'clock, we'll, we'll take a roll call, see who's going to be there. 6.30, we'll call the boards, and I think usually before 7 o'clock, the clock will start on the Friday night game. Mm-hmm. So you'll play two rounds of diplomacy on one of the days and one round on the other because of you have to have a drop round.
3: Gotcha. So, I mean, this sounds like it's very well organised, so there must be like a, um, a little, I don't know, a, a diplomacy convention coordinator's book that gets handed over from coordinator to coordinator every year. Is that pretty much the case or do you have to kind of start some of these things from scratch again as the actual coordinator, Chris?
2: Uh, I actually had somebody ask me, that question uh, uh earlier this week because they want to start a tournament up uh, in their local hobby and i was like unfortunately we don't have like a bible um mm-hmm. every tournament is run a little bit differently and so for example um there's a, a fantastic tournament in North America uh, at a larger gaming, gaming convention called Carnage on the Mountain, and we call it Carnage for short. It's in Vermont, it's in the mountains, it's a ski area, and it's right before the ski season. And It's just absolutely beautiful up there. And they play uh, under their system with a, a totally different scoring system, no central clock, and... Uh, three rounds of diplomacy uh, in two days. So it's, it's a whole different kettle of fish. Um, mm-hmm. DixiCon, like I said, runs with a, a completely different scoring system. Again, no central clock. What we've found here in the North American hobby is that for the larger tournaments, for the, for the DipCons and the World DipCons, it's better to have more rigor and more structure when you have a four or five board tournament it's a little bit easier to get away with things being a little Um, Mm loosey-goosey you can hold a board if somebody is held up in traffic right so that they can get there and start it it's not a big deal but when you got a hundred people who are trying to get their games going you have to put a little bit more structure around it for it to really work because there is nothing worse i think than having a hundred people sitting around in a ballroom while the tournament organizers try and figure out who's sitting at what table and which powers they should be playing. We have got that automated. There's a a computer system that we put all the players in, and it will randomize them, and it will weight it by, like, have they played against this person before? Okay, kick them out. Have they played this power before? Okay, move them to a different power. So those kinds of things make it a little bit easier. Uh, in fact, in Chicago, and we're hoping to do this uh, again in Washington, at the beginning of the round, the tournament director's software sent a text message to every player saying which board they were on and which power they were playing. Okay. And that yep. made that was pretty sexy, I thought. You know, we should be doing that.
3: Cool. Um, I have got an update from Kana via text. So, um, it, Is he at 40% screenster? yet? He actually oh he sent me a text at forty five percent, but he's now completed the first update now there's a second update going on. Of course. <laughs> so um he he's actually sent through to me a series of questions. So some of them we've already covered off Chris, so I'll I'm gonna uh, play the role of Kana now. Um which means I need to kind of I don't know, he does things like bumps himself into the microphone all the time but I won't do that. Um <laughs> <laughs> Some of those things that are tournament related, actually, we've covered off most of them. But he asked is is there like a governing league of diplomacy players?
2: Mm. Um, not as such. Mm-hmm. the The way that, so let's talk about. Uh, well, there's the there's the North American hobby and there's the World hobby. Let's talk about the World hobby to start with. So at every World DIPCON, we have a a hobby meeting. And there's actually a charter, and one of the things the charter says is we will hold a vote for where the World Zipcon will be in two years. So we already know that 2019 is going to be in Marseille, Marseillez, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. We say Marseille here in America. Um, and I don't at this point know who's bidding for 2020. Uh, We were hoping there might be an Australian bid, hint, hint, (laughs) and it's been too long since we've been invited down under to play, Mm -hmm. but traditionally it goes back and forth between Europe and the U.S. Uh, I should say North America because Canada has also hosted. Um, So failing uh, the emergence of a strong Australian contender, I'm going to start reaching out to other North American hobbies and say, hey, who's interested in hosting World DipCon in two years? And most people won't take that call. Um, I will have to hunt them down. But eventually somebody will step up and say, okay, we'll do it, because it's a lot of work. Um, It's a lot. It's very rewarding. But what will happen is if there is more than one bid, we will present them at the event and then those presentations will be put online and there will be an online vote for where the the World DipCon will be in 2020. So that's how that works. Uh, It's very informal. I've always been of the opinion that if we could just sort of double the number of people who play face-to-face on a regular basis, we could get something really structured, get some sponsors, really put together like a, a hobby organization that was able to take some of the burden of organizing off of the individuals who do it, but as it is we're just we 're just kind of small at this point
3: okay um, yeah I, I know we've i've kind of been having a, a direct messaging chat with you in the past. I think um, I happened to be doing it on a on a, a time that i 'd been. I may have been drinking a bit too much. Uh, and, and ambition well and truly exceeded the uh, ability to deliver. Because um, i I just got way too much stuff on to even personally even organise that, let alone, well, yeah, to actually think about it, let alone to personally organise it. Uh, I think I'd be very, very supportive if someone in Australia was to uh, to take on that mantle and, and, you know, push that forward, I think, here on, on the podcast. Uh, not only just from a personal perspective, but I think it would be just great for, for many players who are based in Europe and North America to uh, you know, to experience the wonders of Australia um, yes we, we don't have space shuttles to kind of show people around but you know we do have uh, plenty of other awesome things that are, that are down here so um, that would be um, I think a very very interesting proposition so I think that something would be behind but uh, oh, yeah I wouldn't be able to personally organize it to be perfectly <laughs> frank. Um, when, when it comes to that face to face community Kana uh, does also ask Are you seeing much of an increase in in interest? Like, is there a people who are getting now, I suppose, involved within that online environment and then as a result of that, taking that passion to the face-to-face environment?
2: There has definitely been an uptick in the last two years. And uh, I think that, you know, I, I played online you know, back in the 90s, and and people were playing postal before that. And, I mean, that's how the face-to-face national-level stuff got started is people in in the postal hobby were like, hey, let's all get together and play a couple games. And at the first one, the guy who was organizing it just decided who won. He just walked around and watched the games and said, oh, he played the best this weekend. He's the winner. So (laughs) we've come a long ways from that. Yeah. But – the idea that you can have these great relationships with people online and then bring them into the real world is, is I think, something that's becoming a, a little easier to do. The, the, the message boards that you guys have on, on Web Diplomacy and on Play Diplomacy uh, really encourage a, a more social atmosphere in a lot of ways. Sometimes it's kind of a hostile atmosphere, but it's social. <laughs> And people get to know each other and people are curious what they are like in, in, uh, in the real world. I think there's also a little bit of uh, an old boys network in face-to-face play and that if you can come in with some other people that you know from outside of that, that it's easier to crack in. Uh, I've seen, I know four or five players that crossed over in the last two years and are now committed 100% to the face-to-face scene as well. It's, um, it's just a different game. It gives you a, the same kind of rush that you get. Like, everybody who plays diplomacy, I think, online knows that feeling when you put in those orders for that stab and you're waiting for that to, to clear, and you're hoping that you don't get any press from the person that you're stabbing. And you have to decide if you're going to ignore it because it's right before the deadline, right? And for me, like, if it's the night before and the, the moves are going to process in the morning, like, I'll be dreaming about it in these games. And that kind of passion and intensity and excitement that you can do, like, in a weekend, and you can have those moments you know, where you're going to make that decision and you're going to make that stab or you're going to trust this person and you're going to say, if I can get away with this just this one time, it's amazing. So I think the people who cross over and have a little bit of success step. Okay. Now, I don't, I don't mean like win a game. I, I, don't, I mean like have fun. That's what I mean by success. Uh, The first face-to-face tournament I went to, I had two eliminations and a one center survival. And I had more fun than I'd had in a month of Sundays. It was just a great crew, a great group of people. We had a lot of fun with the games. And, you know, for a lot of people, having fun at diplomacy uh, seems like a bit of an oxymoron. Sometimes it's a struggle.
3: (laughs) Well, actually, one thing you mentioned earlier on, Chris, was around the fact of, um, you know, when people come to a board and then you do to face to face, uh, often they'll kind of hear, oh, you know, such and such, he's a, you know, he's a, a formal you know, formal yep. winner, and as a result, they're likely to gang up on on that individual. Do you find that people from the um, the online environment who happen to come along to these events, do they keep their online personas? secret, for lack of a better word, or does it help? <laughs> and, you know, so, because they may have a certain reputation for the way that their gameplay is within the online environment that they want to kind of keep you know, a bit hush-hush, so instead they come under and enlist, obviously, under their normal name rather than a, uh, a handle. Um, what's been the experience so far with that? What's your thoughts?
2: Um, so I've only had about three experiences with that specific kind of phenomenon, and uh, I know um, one person who wants to keep those worlds separate. And they're very, they were very big in uh, play diplomacy and were absolutely adamant that, that, that they not be outed as that person in the face-to-face uh, sphere. And they took that very seriously because they built up a reputation and they wanted to be somebody else uh, in, in the real world. They didn't want to be confronted with that. Other people, I think, uh, take it a little less seriously than that. Um, It's going to be really interesting. We're going to have three or four boards worth of online players at World DipCon this year. And there's absolutely reputations out there that those of us who don't play in those forums aren't aware of. And I know that at um, DixieCon last year, uh, a player from play Dip who goes by Nanook. Um, uh, this, this guy from Tennessee. I'm like, oh, hey man, how you doing? It was like we were working, we were good allies, and I was like, mm-hmm. he seems like a good guy. I can give him a step. I'll take a chance here, and boom, the knife went in my back. And I was like, okay, lesson learned. So um, I think it, it cuts both ways. I think that. Um, there's a different community, and there hasn't been as much crossover in that direction, right, from the online players coming to face-to-face. Mm-hmm. Um, as, you know, I, I think about the, when poker was having this really big boom, right, a couple years ago. And you'd have these people who played online poker, and they had these really big reputations show up in Vegas. And none of the people who played poker, you know, face-to-face knew who they were, and they cleaned up. So maybe there'll be a a, a phase here as we go through where the really good online players come and and clean the clocks of the the face-to-face players. That would be really interesting.
3: Do you uh, you play online at at all much yourself? You mentioned you did like ages and ages ago.
2: Mm. So I have been super busy, but I... So the answer to your question is yes. Um, I play a fair bit of Gunboat on Backstabber. And the reason that we uh, play on Backstabber, and I say we, so there's a community of diplomacy players on um, a platform called WebEx Teams, which is like Slack or Google Hangouts. Um, You've got uh, different rooms and forums and and sub things. It's not really like uh, uh, the forum for PlayDip or WebDip, but uh, instead it's kind of more like an IRC. It's It's a chat room kind of based System, So there are about 150, 200, face-to-face mostly players on this platform. And about 30 of them play gunboat diplomacy nonstop. Like there's always a game forming, there's always a game ending. We we went through, I think we finished 100 games in about a year. Um, Mm -hmm. So Backstabber has a really clean interface, and if you're not trying to use it for press, I like its pointed and clickiness. But we also have games on WebDip and PlayDip that different people organize. Um, I played a couple games uh, this year on PlayDip, and I played a game on WebDip a long time ago. I haven't played there recently.
3: So um, there's two questions, but they're actually both related. So is, is Backstabber just purely classic board, or are there other things there?
2: Mm. Backstabber is purely vanilla classic board. Uh, I was working with the devs at one point on that, they're based in Seattle, and they were talking about adding some coding for variants, but I got the impression that that was really more work than they had time for, and there are so many other sites that are doing variants better. Um, Mm -hmm. They're already ahead of the game. I think they decided not to try and reinvent the wheel there. That is one thing that I missed. I used to play in a lot of variants, I used to play a lot of Modern, I used to play 100, I used to play um, uh, Ancient Med, um, the Dark Ages, Um, and it's just something that I haven't um, been taking time for. I think when you're organizing a big event like this and trying to run a a local hobby, it, it chews into some of the time that you'd be playing some of those variants.
3: Okay. Um, Kana did ask. Have, or did have a question relating to, I guess, uh, if you were playing that online environment, how you saw it varying to the face-to-face. But seeing that the uh, the backstabber environment, as you said, was mostly full of face-to-face players, is, is it pretty much a similar type of experience or is it a little bit different because you tend to go in those gunboat games where obviously you don't have that um, conversation going?
2: Well, the thing that is interesting is that the, there is also a group of people who play by post using... So it's essentially... Um uh, play-by-chat if that makes sense yep. uh, using backstabber for just adjudications right so yep. then on the on the team space you set up individual rooms with like if I'm England and you're France we'll have a room and there'll be a common room where all of the players in the GM are uh, and usually there's a, a GM because you can advance deadlines and, and move stuff around if you need to if somebody has to take a break but then you can still have that kind of um, it's kind of a cross because like you can do a video call through this teams Platform. Not very many people do. People have been like, "Hey, why, why are you calling me? And why is your camera on?" <laughs> I'm like, come on, let's talk about Belgium. They, they're like, "No, let's type about Belgium, Chris."
3: <laughs> okay, cool. Um, and within the online space, you you actually do have your own little footprint there within your uh, in, within YouTube with your Diplomacy Academy, uh, which has obviously got a lot of great advice. Uh, oh, how you. do you actually choose a How do you choose a topic there? Um, that you want to actually talk about for each of those episodes, Chris.
2: So that project was um, started in as, as a kind of way to say I've kind of I've had a list of 18 chapters for a diplomacy book pinned to a corkboard in my office for about 15 years. 15 years ago, I thought I knew enough about diplomacy that I'd write a book about it, but then I didn't. Other things happened. And what I I said is, okay.
3: You didn't write the book or you didn't know enough about diplomacy?
2: (laughs) Both of those things were true, it turns out. (laughs) Um, I I think a lot of people um, do well to just jump uh, jump off the cliff and, and build the plane on your way down, if that makes sense. I don't think you need to worry about, you know, how much you know or don't know. But I said to myself, okay, this is something that I've wanted to do for a long time. I'm in a place where I've got a little bit of free time. Let me go ahead and carry over. I really enjoyed making the YouTube videos about the World DipCon in 2016 in Chicago. And I wanted to do something that kind of built on that. Let me take some of these chapter headings and see if I can't make a video out of them. And if I can get enough of them together, if I really kind of commit to this, then eventually it'll turn into a book. And if it doesn't turn into a book, it'll be a cool web series. That, that's that's kind of how that got started. So okay. from a how do I get my ideas, I've had a, a long list of things that I've wanted to talk about. Um, I also have a Patreon, which I started purely to kind of gauge interest. And, oh, I remember why I started it, is because I realized that those Chicago videos needed to be closed captioned. And that was a massive pain in the ass. It took so much time for every one of those episodes. And I found like one time, like two months had gone by since I'd done one because I just didn't want to deal with it. I said, okay, well, the Patreon was new back then. Let me, let me put this up, and if people will pony up some money every time I do this, that will motivate me. I mean, it will buy me a beer at the end of it, if nothing else. Yep. So um, I've had a couple of people on Patreon suggest topics. And uh, I think the, the next one that they would like to see is uh, something on stalemate lines, which I think there's been so much good stuff written on stalemate lines it's out there already. Um, but people said, no, no, put it in a video format, make it easy for me to consume. Don't make me go download an article and read it and think about it. It's like, uh, okay, so uh, look <laughs> for that coming up in a, in a upcoming diplomacy academy video.
3: And I kind of assume we'd be what we'd be doing with with that. Diplomacy Academy, during the convention itself? Would you be recording like you did back in Chicago? or
2: In theory, as the host, I am eligible to play because I'm not the tournament director. Uh, oh, Peter no, Juergen, no. who was uh, featured prominently in, that, uh, in the top table of, the, of World DipCon in 2016, is our tournament director. And he's got an assistant tournament director. So really, I could play. And uh, I haven't been playing as much diplomacy as I would like to lately. So I'm kind of keeping that option open. I will, if I don't make the top board, it, sorry, if I play and I do not make the top board, then I will probably try and do the similar thing where I video the top board this year. Um, and if I do make the top board, I'll try and sucker somebody else into doing it. Because yep. I think it was, it was a lot of fun, and I think it was definitely worth doing.
3: Okay. So that's probably a good point to start wrapping things up, Chris, and I guess to, to draw attention to the um, you know, where anyone who's been listening goes, look, yeah, this sounds fun. I want to give it a go. What should they do? How do they register their interest?
2: All right. It's a very, very simple. You go to www.ptks.org, pitkiss.org, slash WDC2018. And that's the launching page where you will find the information about the event, the hotels, the hotel rate, uh, when we're going to be, where we're going to be, and there's a link to register. We're just using a very simple Google form to register. We're going to have you PayPal our treasurer, uh, or Venmo if you need to do that, or send a physical check if that's what you want to do. And if anybody has any questions, about anything and they're interested in learning more about it please reach out to me i am uh, lots of places online but i'm easy to find as um at dance scholar on twitter and i am scholar at com. just drop me a line and we will get you sorted out come on out and play
3: sounds awesome um i wish i had enough cash
2: Well, <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you what man you sort out the airfare we will sort out the rest. So it's a standing invitation from me. If you're coming all the way around the world, man, uh, get your body to Washington, D.C., and then don't worry about it until you get back on the plane. <laughs> See? Um, See, <So> you're tempted. <laughs> I, I am <laughs>
3: <laughs> Yes, but um, yeah, I, I don't know how that would go down with my wife.
2: <laughs> Bring your wife. There will certainly be diplomacy widows present. And they will be going off and doing spa days and having a lot of fun, you know, going to see shows, enjoying the the culture and the arts and entertainment of Washington, D.C. And, hey, if your wife wants to play some Diplomacy, she's welcome to do that as well. I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my wife played one game of Diplomacy. Uh, she promised that when my son was old enough to learn how to play and, and was playing games, she would pick it up too. And she played one game and she said, thank you, that's it, I'm done. So.
3: It's, it's kind of weird. It's like, you know, she'll look at what I'm doing and go, oh God, you know what I mean? But then she'll kind of hop <laughs> on her phone and start playing Candy Crush. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> courses for courses. Right. Okay, Chris, that's been fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, is there anything, any other parting words you wanted to share before we wrap it up?
2: I, I have to say... I love what you guys do. I love listening to you guys talk through what you're talking about, even when it's not something that I'm particularly invested in, like who's doing the best on a website at a certain time. You guys have such a great chemistry and are doing such a great job with this podcast. Thank you so much for what you do. Uh, I, I love what you're doing. Keep on doing it.
3: Thanks, Chris. Um, I, I just, uh, that, that's very kind of you. Um, I'm sorry that well, I was like, oh, kindness just sent me a message. How about that? I know, he's just saying he's uh, sorry he will have to wait until Tuesday because these updates are taking fucking forever.
2: Uh, Well, as they do. And
3: we're back. Hey! (laughs) So what's some takeaway
1: thoughts?
0: Well, um, I'm tempted by this particular tournament, even though there's no way in the world I can probably get Mrs. Amby to give me a green light to go.
1: Ooh, but wouldn't it be so nice?
0: It would be very nice. It would be very, uh, very entertaining. Actually, I don't think I mentioned, I don't think it might be off mic, but um, uh, Chris said he actually kind of knows the guys who used to do Diplomacy Cast. Oh, well. Yeah. And they're in Seattle when um, I'm over that way for my son's graduation. So Ooh. I... Ooh. I might want to kind of reach out to them and see if I can swing by and you know catch up and say hello and take the little recorder with you. Take the little recorder. Yeah. Take the little recorder with me and just yeah see where they're going and what happened to the podcast and is it going to come back soon or
1: if not have an interview.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, you had a lot of different questions that you wanted to ask there around you know how the actual operations work for. Not only just the actual, um, the WC itself, but hmm. who gets to decide where it goes, how it all works, is there a
1: governing league? Yeah, well, something that I didn't realise was that there's a, like, like he made a, a specific point of saying is there's, there's the North American League and then there's the World League. Mm. Yeah. Which is different um, to most things in
0: America where everything's like the...
1: World League. And the World League,
0: the, World Cup thing and it's only, only people are actually people in America. Yeah. Like baseball... What else is it? Basketball.
1: Uh, ro- uh, not rugby. Football. Gridiron. gridiron. Yep. Yeah, yeah, so it's different like that. Um, I was listening to an, an a uh, outdoors podcast the other
0: day and I am talking about some type of, you know, world championship of, of, of bass. Bass. Yeah, like you can only get them in America. but are we having a world championship?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like having a world champion and capturing the Murray Cod. Yeah. You know, what's the point of that? Okay. Anyway, um... Yeah, look, and I didn't realise it was a two-year turnaround, you know. Um, yeah, between then. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so where's
0: the next one happening? In Marseille.
1: Marseille. Marseille. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I mean, from <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that'd, that'd be a nice spot to go for the yeah. uh, world um, and he did say they kind of alternate between Europe and North America. Um, and he did sort of hint that maybe we ought to pull that finger out in Australia
0: and because I kind of was sending him direct messages on Twitter one day when I was a little bit drunk or hungover or something I can't remember what it was tweeting up hungover yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. just <laughs> yeah. like just like a certain American president and, <laughs> yeah. and um, you know going oh maybe we should do something down here he's like fuck yeah well he didn't say fuck yeah because you know
1: he's a actually go I think Brisbane would probably be ideal as a city to organise an event like that
0: no, but you and I don't know shit about organising events or face-to-face for that matter.
1: Well, I'll be shit at doing it, you know. I, I, yeah. Well, what's the point then? No, but what I'm saying, as cities go, Brisbane would be a good but city wouldn't you? Talk.
0: wouldn't it be better to do somewhere like down south or whatever like that where maybe some of the more established Australian diplomacy players are?
1: Yeah, that would be logical. Yeah. But as I'm saying, as a city, yeah. you know, Brisbane would be a nice place to do it. I think it depends when you're gonna do it. Because the middle of summer is so
0: fucking hot and disgusting.
1: Well you wouldn't do it in summer. You do it in the middle of winter here and everyone would be turning up and they'll be turning up in broad shorts and Hawaiian T shirts and probably feeling like it's summer. Really? Yeah. I mean it's the middle of winter and it's not cold. Although it was cold, I mean I would, you know, it's, it's uh,
0: cool in the morning. Cool in it's in like morning, you know, so it's, you
1: know it's, it's, what? Eight, nine no, it's probably about nine
0: degrees, ten degrees Celsius. I can hear
1: the laughter. I can hear the laughter.
0: What's that? An American talk?
1: Fahrenheit. Yeah. Um, No idea.
0: If you keep talking, I'll work
1: it out for you. Let's see if I can Google this out. Having said that, I mean, we should really all—I—I should pull my finger out and um, because it's been very okay. So,
0: 50 degrees Fahrenheit. That's how cold it's been in the morning. It's been really freezing. It has been freezing. Yeah. And bloody mud. Yeah. (laughs) I can hear the laughter. (laughs) (laughs) But it is freezing. Because the Americans don't understand, Americans and even our European friends don't understand that like maybe down in Melbourne in Australia, but no one, or Hobart or Adelaide, but no one... Canberra gets pretty cold. Oh, Canberra. Okay, shut the fuck up. Anyway, maybe (laughs) Sydney North. No one fucking has, you know, central heating or anything like that. (laughs) Our houses are designed for summer. (laughs) <laughs> they're, they're, they're designed <laughs> to kind of get rid of heat, not attract and retain heat. Like, I, my house, ha- I know about your place. No, it. It's floorboards and tiles, you know what I mean, with, um, you know, the insulation in the building is to kind of refract yes. heat, get rid of heat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and there's no there's no fireplaces, there's no central
1: heating, Okay, so it's different down in Victoria uh, and Tasmania. Yeah, because everyone knows it's cold down there. It gets cold. Now, having said that, I was going to say I, I really ought to get along to that um, semi-annual, biannual competition they held in Melbourne. You know, I do that every now and then. I should do that.
0: Well, have you ever kind of talked to them about it?
1: I, I was going to go down last year.
0: you expecting something to arrive like a postcard in the mail? Yeah. Kana would
1: like you to come? Please, Kana, come. No, I've got... I, I it didn't happen last year because of other things, but, you know... I'll, I'll get there. I'll get there. Maybe Melbourne might be the place. Or Sydney. Maybe you should go to America. Maybe I should go to America. Anyway, what else do we hear from <laughs> From Chris.
0: Uh. Um, He talked a lot about Backstabber, which is something that from an online platform we haven't actually had much exposure to at all,
1: which was very interesting. Yeah, well, I have given Backstabber a shot. Have you? I have. um, And I couldn't figure out how to do messaging and talk to people. That's because you're not meant to? And I realise that (laughs) (laughs) now. So it sounds like it's perfect to use in conjunction with another... App that allows for face-to-face. What well, it's, it's more of a. It's, it's more of a it's web-based it's, it's like adjudicator, yeah, yeah, a, yeah. and let people make the, uh, the the communication how they want to make the communication. You could do it by email. You could do it by um, Skype. You could do it by Webex, yep. like, um, like Chris. Um, But, you know, it sounds like there's a a whole heap of people there who are face-to-face players, up to 200 who are saying, at any given point in time, who who use that backstabber platform for their um, face-to-face interactions uh, around the world. You know, that's pretty cool. I mean, I can understand, you know, when you've got, like,
0: an established community within a face-to-face environment... Yeah. ..and you want to be able to port that across an online environment that you probably all hang out together. Yes, but I, I'm, I don't know. I mean, there's a few people out there, and, and you know, um, I think Chris mentioned about one particular individual who obviously has an identity within the face to face environment, but also has a very prominent identity within the uh, web online web, environment. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, makes a very clear um, separation between the two so that most people, almost no one, knows this individual is the same person.
1: I I think we have a couple of well known members at VDIP who are very similar in that. You sense. reckon? I reckon. Uh, actually, I, I, I know. You know? I know. Ooh, I'll put it that way. But um,
0: you're not going to call that name? No, no, no I'm that not, would be no, very that ungentlemanly. That would be
1: ungentlemanly and un- un- unethical. Unethical, yes. Unethical. Um, but I'm sure that. I do know. Yes, there, there's a couple of members. If people, you know, accidentally let you know, or you maybe use your special powers. No, accidental, 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 accidental powers. Accidental but you're, you're going to keep your accidental yeah, no, powers I, for I'm good. Not, I'm going to keep them for, for good. evil. Correct. Correct. And he did mention that um, his favourite variants were modern, ancient, Mediterranean, Dark Ages. Did he? Dark yeah. Ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. We I remember, remember him. mentioning Dark
1: Ages. He did. I even wrote it down when you said it. You did one better than me. You just remember the two. Ancient yeah. med and. Um.
0: I was drinking coffee at the time.
1: Yeah. I was about to throw my computer out the window at the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs>
0: I was like sending you text messages through the whole interview going, <laughs> where are you up to? It's like 19%, 20%. <laughs> 42%. I'm thinking, oh, good, we're making some progress here. And actually, I think I said to, to Chris on the interview, I said, oh, is that 42%? he's at 42%, he might be here. And then he said, I oh, know there's a second update now.
1: <laughs> just why, why do they bundle it like that,
0: man? I don't get it. Well, <clears throat> because they don't want to just drip it out all the time and piss everyone off all the time. This way, they only piss off people for a, a, a two hours more
1: period condensed period, period, period but for yep.
0: greater intensity of
1: pissinopinousness. That's a word. We'll go with it. It is now. <laughs> I thought it was really cool that they were using um, uh, technology to assist their uh, setups with the World Diplomacy Cup, like sending text messages to say to people. Yes. You know, I mean, that was really- That, that was, was really clever. That's clever. Yeah. You know, and also using um, computers to allocate, uh, you know, like a uh, uh, setup. Yep. You know, Who's played Austria before? Okay, you're not going to play Austria in the next one. Who's played who before? Okay, you're not going to play. And sort of randomise them like that. I thought that was a really good use for technology in that sphere. Actually,
0: I also, yeah. I also did like the fact that uh, he mentioned that quite often. You'll get a situation where, almost universally, someone who comes in the top three, no one has ever heard of before. <laughs> oh yeah, and it's like come <laughs> out of left field. Is this? Because the fact that obviously everyone who just knows this player's a good player will just kind of tend
1: to work together to gang up on someone. Which gives us... Actually, that's kind of like an interesting thing. Like, it's like on, meta-gaming. Online, it's online, metagaming. It's gaming within a right? tournament. But it, it, it's, it's something that's known and almost celebrated in a different context.
0: Yeah. Well, how can you yeah. not apply that knowledge? Exactly. How
1: can you not? Um, you know, I play against players who kick my ass always whenever I happen to be adjacent to it, they just destroy me. And how can I not know that that player is going to do that whenever I draw against that player? Um, and is it something that really we ought to be rallying against and saying, no, that shouldn't happen? Or is it something we say, okay, let's embrace it Let's say, oh, yeah, that's just human nature. Yep. And in a sense, we kind of do, but we kind of don't at the same time. Yeah, It's, yeah. it's, it's, just, it's one of those quirks that online playing online has brought up. Yep. That wouldn't be an issue if it was just pure face-to-face.
0: Very true. So, um, a good interview. It was a shame you couldn't make it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: We'll we'll send Bill Gates the bill for your uh, non-attendance. I wonder how much hate
1: mail he gets. I wonder how much hate mail Microsoft gets. Well, you
0: know, he kind of gets around it, though, by, you know, being nice to people and, you know, curing childhood diseases and things in Africa, which is... Great karma for him, but doesn't excuse all these fucking updates that piss us off every <laughs> yes. month. Hey, are we going to have one more drink and then continue? Sure. One have more? A quick,
1: have a quick discussion about something?
0: Uh, I thought we might talk about maybe some of our games and shit so we can then just wrap things up. Sounds good. Sounds good? So all are right. we going to do a pausey thingy yes. now? Pause Pause yes, And we're back, folks. Uh, cheers, Kana. Cheers, and
1: I wanted to discuss. Ooh, that's nice. What's new favourite beer? Like, honestly, it's good.
0: Maybe. Oh, it's a bit hard to get to Salisbury. Maybe during one of the holiday things. Salisbury. Yeah. How far was it? Oh, so about fifteen kilometres south of Brisbane City. It would be too difficult. You have, you have to. You'd That'd have be easier for me to get to. Actually, it, it would be, be too hard. You. It'd be. Yeah. All you'd have to do is you'd have to catch the
1: train to Roma Street and then get onto the Bean Lee line and get off to Salisbury. So it's on the Bean Lee line? Yeah. Well, that's easy. Yeah. yeah, I hate going north of the river in the car. So maybe
0: yeah. maybe when I um, get back from
1: my... Uh,
0: maybe in January. Yeah. Okay.
1: We'll do something there. Over the, 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 the break. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: So we're finished with the interview chat. So we're we going to do a bit of a uh, a bit of around the grounds, or yeah, what?
1: we ought to do around the grounds. Um, and one of the things what come oh, up, and we should probably also
0: sneak in a uh, a cheeky back fifty of the, what the doctor recommended. Yeah, the bottom half, bottom half. Yeah, should I do, do that, that now? Here? Yeah, yeah, go. Yeah, I'll yeah, yeah, we'll pull that up. Have you got yours? Uh,
1: the, 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 so it's, it's, uh, uh, got, it's the it's uh, Hoff. 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 Dot PHP is. Hoff,
0: not like the uh, David Hasselhoff. No. It didn't work.
1: Why? Give that a go. Go it again. Hop.php. Go. That's loading now. Oh, is this is
0: because this is Wi Fi. That no, didn't work. Oh, How about
1: yours? Okay, so what's happened is it's logged out of Wi Fi. You've got to go up here. Wi Fi. Wi Fi. It's in. Yes. That it was already in. It's already in. Why is that?
0: Because it's got the thingy here.
1: Okay, so it's connected. Are you Can sure we got yours? that right? For the Hof.
0: Hof, isn't it hof, HL, dot Php.
1: So okay, so this is what us moderators have to go through. What um,
0: piss, piss players? What no?
1: Is that um, we actually don't have a straight line to go straight to the Hall of Fame. On it, on if, if you were a regular player, you'd have a little button that just goes. Straight no, you to the yes, you do. no, you don't. Yes, you do. No, yes, you do. Bullshit. Where? Because you're a moderator Oh Yes
0: well, Technically But don't use my super magic Okay models, you're, yeah.
1: um, You don't have a little button up the top That goes straight to know um, if I do v dot .net do, Is it still at the Here we go uh,
0: It's not loading for me Kana.
1: Yeah swapsies
0: well, have you got your hop? Uh, yeah, I've got the hop up. Okay, so let's let's do the hop. Um, well, last time we finished at number 50. So apologies if you happen to have struck it lucky and gone from number 51 and below into the top 50 because we're not going to cover you today.
1: Oh, and <laughs> yes, I was correct about... Blue blue Cthulhu. Blue Cthulhu. <laughs> yeah, it's phonetically spelt on the wiki article oh. So I get all, the these, I get all these,
0: these direct messages from Kainer After the last time we um, <laughs> Caught up about Here's a link to Blue Cthulhu Here's a link to that fucking roundabout in Cambodia Or Laos yeah. or whatever And I said it doesn't look like a roundabout He said yeah but it used to be a roundabout And that to put other shit in the way <laughs> yes. Right number, oh, yeah. number 51 Diatram IV
1: Hang on did we get to 50 King Cyrus? We don't okay,
0: know. I thought we finished at fifty last oh, time. Oh, we
1: did. So Dietan the fourth. Um, Di is it Diatan
0: or Diatran? Oh, Dietan. Diatan the fourth.
1: Mario Fantuzzi. Zilda. Brett J. Seventy Two. Defiant. Haven't heard of Defiant much lately. Does he even play much? Good question. Drops the line. Defiant. Squall Uh Rand Johnson. Oh, is that? Or bo- chuckle or Bot Chuckle?
0: I think we had the problem with this last, <laughs> the first time we did this. Uh, Alex, Alex1, Alex. Alex. Randomizer.
1: Tiger. Now is it Ing Ebot or is Injibot? I always thought it was Ingibot. I always called it Ingibot. I always did ingy Injibot? let us know. Cyrus? Cyrus? Huh? It's Cyrus. Uh, Cyrus. Cyrus. Oh, maybe. Surely, Cyrus would be spelled differently.
0: See, okay, so maybe be like if you imagine like Caesar, it should be Cyrus, Cyrus, Cyrus,
1: or K-Russ.
0: So, k K-rus, Cyrus, Kyrus, Cyrus, Cyrus. <laughs> Senator PM. Uh, Lord Skyblade. T-Con Seven. Urel. T-Gunner. Geronimo. Yeah. I haven't heard anything from Toronto for ages either. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. Ender, another one I haven't heard from Ages. Ender's still active? Is he? Maybe Pretty just sure. had to score a game with him.
2: Oh.
1: Um, Imperium. Slypups. Oh. <coughs> Ambi. <laughs> LL George. Bagatou.
0: Tato or Tuto. Tuto,
1: Tato. No. The desert fox,
0: Chevalier Malfit.
1: J.R.R. Tolkien nerd.
0: See, couldn't that maybe be? <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: The emphasis, mate. The emphasis. The
0: emphasis on the second
1: syllable. syllable.
0: syllable. Yeah. Um, Goldfinger zero three zero three. Puma, hypo guy. Another both Puma and Hypo guy. I haven't heard much from them lately.
1: CCGA four. Um, I would call it zero. If I, w- I would actually say zero. Yeah, it's
0: technically Z three R zero. I haven't heard from this guy or gal for a while.
1: <laughs> yeah, Catarligus, drop us a line. <laughs> Mcdrops, Venicia, Red Squirrel. Yeah, President Eden. That's I haven't heard from him only. for ages. Yeah, for him. No.
0: This is why we need to kind of do something about the uh, the Hall of Fame. Yeah, so we you do have need to some have some of sort of drop-out drop thing. Yeah. If you haven't played for a while or, you know, three months.
1: Or no login after, th- no game after three months. It drops you off or something. Okay, yeah.
0: so I reckon this one might be Tang Zong He.
1: I reckon he's from China. Yep. Chinese. Yep. Mittag. Uh, Dr. Wiggles. Mariscal. Oh,
0: what do go like that with
1: Dr. Wiggles. Doctor, <laughs> <laughs> With the Wiggles fingers. Yeah. Uh, Mariscal. Uh, Chaka. Yeah. Now I've always had questions about that Q. I've, I've always looked at that going Chaka. Oh yeah. But I'm not sure if that's Chaka or Chaka. Is it Chakwa? Chakwa. Yeah, yeah. Drops the line, mate. Stalin eight one three. Uh, Digi Goose. Phil nineteen eighty six. Big Rob. I Code.
0: Winder. You haven't heard from him for a while as well. And just like Illum. I haven't heard from him for ages. Let's view that, hey. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I wonder if we can talk to Ollie about some sort of dropping out system.
0: Well you're a mod. You're a real mod. I'm just like a pretend mod.
1: Mm. No, I haven't been doing a good job recently. Um, nah. I
0: haven't even been doing a very good job as a pretend mod.
1: Yeah. Anyway, that's the top one hundred. Cool.
0: So let's talk round the grounds. How many games are you in at the moment, Kayla? I think I've got the wrong thing. I think I've got your, um, your your iPad because I've got none of the games that belong to me. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm trying to get yours. <laughs> how, about, how about this is my yeah, your old school crappy phone? This is- anyway. Uh, yeah, I'm in three. I'm free in games. a Sea um, Lanes, a Divided States, and one of the new ones, the... Um, I don't know, which one? The one based the Punic Wars. Uh, Ah, how are you yeah. finding that? I've just been destroyed. So, really not like, too this good. Is, this is my second one and I'm getting destroyed. Second one and you've already destroyed yourself. Yeah, the first one, like, died and, like, yeah, disappeared really fast. Um, is that Fog of War? It's Fog of War.
0: It wasn't Fog of War when it was on um, um, the Russian lab. No, no, it's Fog of War. No, it wasn't on the Russian lab, it was normal full scale war. Nope,
1: this is Fog of War and beat it. <gasps> How cool is that? I know, yeah. How good?
3: How did that happen? I don't know.
1: It was always pocket war. Actually, funny story, right? Man walked into a pub? Uh, What happened? I don't
0: know. That's usually how funny story jokes begin.
1: Man walks into a bar? (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, keep going. Funny story. Yes. First one of these, I got destroyed so quickly that I assumed the game was still ongoing. And there was a problem. And it, it finished, and it showed all the map. I could see, you know, obviously I'm the first person dead, but I can see where everyone is. This is Fog of War. I shouldn't be able to see where everyone is. No. Right, so I write a message in the mod forum saying, oh, you know. I think the thing's yeah, broken. Yeah, maybe the Fog of War's broken somehow. And um, uh, another moderator jumps back and goes... That's probably because the game has ended. <laughs> <laughs> that oh fast? God. That fast. It was like, yeah. I was actually pretty embarrassed about it um, at the time. Um, I'm
0: actually... I've, I have i deliberately haven't played a game of... Um, um, what's this called again?
1: Uh, this is
0: Punic Wars. I was going to say Carthage. But of course, Carthage was the main protagonist.
1: Protagonists or antagonists? I just think in, in this game, it, I, I, honestly, with, 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 with the Fog of War, yeah. I do think that Romans and the Punic Punis, the Punic Punis, <laughs> the Punic Punis, <laughs> <laughs> the Puni Punis. I, I think they're at an advantage. The, I do, the I think Carthaginians? They, yeah, but they're Puni.
0: Why are they called Puni?
1: P-U-N-I, Puni.
0: But they're Carthaginians.
1: Yeah, but why would you call it the Punic Wars?
0: because it was the Roman translation of the word Carthaginian? Who I don't know. Yeah. Go talk to a Roman. Go talk to Decimaleggio.
1: As opposed to Etruscan and No, no, it should
0: be Decima. Decima? Decima?
1: Decimaleggio. Decimaleggio. (laughs) Drop us a line. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll I'll just pull up the the other game which I just got destroyed in really quick. The one you got totally wiped Um, out on, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, It finished in like four game years or something it was pretty incredible um, here we are so the yeah 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 so I end up looking at this map going um, so who hmm. are you playing in this map oh who's who's dead in it right uh, the purple yeah right anyway, so I end up looking at this map and go oh my god you know oh, I, I'm seeing everyone this can't be right because the the, the ocean's. 100, 100 it in, right? So no, because it's an old like school a, map, it's all it's like a, it's, brown. It's odd, it's odd, it's odd. It's lovely. You know, but, um,
0: it's kind of like Atlantic colonies, they've got like
1: not blue oceans. Yeah, which is kind of nice. So this finished in 257 BC. So who won? And it starts in the, 260. So it's like six game years at the end. So One. Poonie's won? Yeah, Poonie won, Zilda.
0: I'm surprised he's not in the top one hundred. Maybe he is. He was, he was in the top top fifty. <laughs> <years>. <laughs> you know. It's been uh, so many weeks since we've done that and so many drinks I've forgotten.
1: Uh Gunmaster, G nine and Gold Leader. Survived. I survived Can't. because I wasn't you know, I died on that turn. You're staying alive. Staying alive. Staying alive. Yeah. Anyway. Great carrier. I'm just doing terrible at it. I'm sure I'll, I'll, I'll come to I'm
0: that. interested in that one now because um, i played that, as I said before, over in the Russian lab, but it didn't have it didn't Fog have of War. War. And there's not many Fog of War games. We've got Classic, we've got 10, six, 1066
1: comes out of the box Fog of War. Yep. Um, um, we got Rat Wars. Rat Wars, and that's it, isn't it? And then this one. No, I'm sure we've got another Fog. Haven't we
0: got another Fog? Oh, is it one like a Chaos... chaos? K-Octopi, no. K-Octopi. Does that have fog? Oh, can you imagine K-Octopi with fog? I was, <laughs> oh I was God, thinking like, um, I was the thinking more on the mind of, line of uh, Ankara
1: Crescent with fog of war. Oh, that would be another <laughs> nutty one. Oh, okay,
0: um, that wouldn't work because everything's all connected. So you couldn't have a fog of war. Good
1: point. But the territories without supply centres aren't connected to other... Territories, but that's place, I Yes, very confusing. So you've had your puny course. What else has you been going on? Um, I'm on my way out on a sea lanes game. It's a, a.
0: So you thought after your wonderful draw that you were able to achieve as Japan, you'd give the you turn up at the um, at the blackjack table and give it another few more hands.
1: Yeah, only this one's gunboat. So I don't want to go into too much uh, detail oh, okay. in, in, in regards to precisely so what... So it's a
0: gunboat, but you're doing
1: your own... Um, yeah, and... But you still in it? I'm still in it. I'm in one of those positions where... Can you, can you where point to it? Because I'm not in this game.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, you're still in it. No, I'm not. Um, <laughs> I think if you played your cards right, you never know you're lucky in a no, big city. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not.
1: Um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> in the, I'm in a situation where... Um, And I'm sure people who have played world maps know this one. You've been um, stabbed on two fronts. Yes. And your third front is now attacking you. Yes. And you're like, hmm, there's no way I'm going to survive this. Time to start a new game. Yeah, but how do I exit this game in a way that... With dignity? Dignity, right. So, I'm fighting two fronts, and I'm letting the third front take as many supply centers as they can. Right.
0: So, I'm going to digress and actually talk about a, uh, a game that I've been involved in. It's a okay. game that um, uh, we, we've talked about a number of different times before. In fact, we talked about it in our earlier back-to-back episode when the back was the front.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so, um,
0: for this one, I've actually... What the hell happened here, man? Like... This is, so this is a Divided States oh. game where last time around when we were recorded I think I kind of said you know, things are going okay I'm pretty happy with how things are blah 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 and I think within about a week of me having that, uh, that interview, obviously everyone worked out who the fuck I was and they all stabbed me
1: Nonsense. Including
0: basically all three of my allies That's great, we got three Whilst listeners. I was still attacking someone else
1: I think on the bright side, we've still
0: got we've got free listeners, and they're all keen <laughs> podcast listeners. Me over.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> So, here's my strategy. Here, okay, so here's the approach I'm adopting at the moment that you might want to approach. That okay, you might uh, want to look uh, at. Uh, okay? Yeah, yeah. It's called the mi- mass migration strategy.
1: <laughs> Get as many of you dudes away as Get possible.
0: Get the fuck what? out <laughs> of your homeland and move. <laughs> so I've actually been deliberately disbanding units in my homeland and I know I've got no way in the world because this fucker attacked me oh, yeah, from this yeah, way yeah, from the, from this fucker area. attacked me from yep, that from way the, yeah, yeah. this guy who would be my best bud and I'd saved his ass so many times I hate that doesn't that started hurt? fucking attacking me this way and this way doesn't that hurt oh sorry I tell a lie I said I was at war with one guy I was always at war with two guys this dude this, this, this old time fucker and this old time fucker too Hey, he's still alive. I bet you that hurts. Yes. So, my strategy <laughs> at the moment, <laughs> yes. my strategy at the moment is, is to move, relocate my population to
1: another area. <laughs> as much as you can. And I have okay, been yeah, fortunate
0: yeah. that I've made a.
1: Oh, fuck. Yeah, no, you made a, a, a stupid
0: phone thing. Um, open, open, please, Mister, Mister Diplomacy. Um, so, this. Oh no, actually, it might be this one. Or is this one? Actually, no, it's this one, over here. Okay. So this one has started moving over my way. So now I've, I've been helping him for a little while around this region.
1: Well, you know, an enemy of your enemy is your friend.
0: Well, that's right. So I'm kind of yep. hoping he doesn't fuck me over too. Because if he does fuck me over, like, I've got no chance in hell.
1: Yeah, sure. So yep.
0: at the moment, my, my, my new strategy, which will always be the case within diplomacy, what's your number one thing you want to achieve? Win. What's the number two thing you want to achieve?
1: Survive. Draw. 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 Number three
0: yeah. thing? Survive. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So, my chances at the moment, I think uh, I need to kind of, I'm not prepared to be eliminated. I'm looking at how can I stay in the game and, uh, mm. and relocate to a new, new neighborhood,
1: new, move to a new hood. Well, it's not necessarily. I mean, sometimes you can go, okay, I'm not going to survive whatever I do. How do I disadvantage someone else the most?
0: I could do that, yeah, but, but they all have fucked me over. It's like, the only way around it would be to just go, you know, disband, disband, disband. You guys just fight over the, you know, the carcass.
1: Mm, no, you and don't want to do that. No no, no, no. But, yeah, I mean, surely you can be in a position to As it is, I've been pretty much like. doing that, because I knew yeah.
0: I can't, like, can't hold my homeland, so oh. I've been trying to keep things around the area that
1: I want to move to. Well, that map is unrecognisable from when I saw it last.
0: Yeah, I know. So I had this wonderful little. I mean, it wasn't brilliant. It was. It was. It was a. It was a pretty well defined
1: region. It was yes. like
0: this little. This like. It, it looked, actually, I don't want to talk about the shape of it because it kind of gives away what it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um. Hmm. Anyway. Okay. Right. So that's just my thinking for this game, and I don't know if that might apply to you in your new strategy, where you're getting fucked over by three people, uh, yeah, as no. opposed to me being fucked over by no. five. No, so, no, I'm
1: getting. Yep.
0: Yeah. I feel like you know in that, that in the top top. Okay, to top get. top gun, when the very last scene when you know all the bogeys are all over me, man, and like they're all kind of swirling around, you know the, back. <laughs>
1: the top
0: gun. Okay,
3: wonder, where's my wingman? Oh, he's fucking firing. <laughs> goose, <with me> now. <laughs> where are you, goose? <laughs>
0: yeah. again the bloody the dog tags. Goose, tell me what to do. Goose, Oystman, man help, oyse man You can be my wingman any day. <laughs> Okay, so we've talked about one of your games, actually two of your games and one of
1: my games. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. What other games have you got uh, going on, Caleb? Actually, there's a game that we're both in together. Oh, is it? Um, Which but one? We're on the other side of it, of the map. Do we know this? We established it in the last time at our podcast. <laughs> I
0: thought this one was an anonymous game. It's anonymous. So all we established is we're on the opposite side of the boards. A
1: board. Yeah, yeah, but we don't know who we are. That's right. Um, I'm also getting butt fucked. How about yourself? Um,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, you've, you've got... You probably need a little bit of lubrication there. Uh, otherwise <laughs> I know, it's, it's going to get pretty painful pretty fast. <laughs> and for me... I don't know. It's, it's like...
1: Well, You're holding your own. There. I'm holding, yeah. but
0: I'm not getting much traction. Uh, because I've got two fuckers at the moment fucking me over.
1: Uh-huh. Uh,
0: and I've got yeah. this, this weird one over here. Oh, Where is it? Yeah, that's it. Oh, no. Is that me? Hmm. Yeah, how the fuck did I get over there?
1: Anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> Figure that one out later. Yep. Um, so, there's the three games I'm in. Okay. Yep. So...
0: We've talked about that game that we can't talk about, though. I think we've accidentally talked about, but who gives a fuck? Because uh, we're both not doing very well. The uh, I talked about that one, the gunboat game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, what do you got? So I've got two other games. Hmm. So, this one. <laughs> <Okay. laughs>
1: it is an evil laugh.
0: <laughs> it's not an evil laugh. It's a, it's a cheeky laugh. It's a cheeky laugh, okay? So, this is a uh, an anonymous game again. Why do I keep playing anonymous games? Anyway, it's a Crusade 1201. And I think I've, t- I've talked about Crusade 1201 a little bit.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, you have. And we were, last time we were talking about was. Um, I could was doing you, okay. If you were, say, England or France or France or one of those northern countries. Yeah launch a crusade to the Holy Land? Is it it possible?
0: Have a look at the map, Kata! (laughs) Okay, I'll pull it up.
1: Oh! Oh! Okay, so I'm gathering you are um, one of those northern countries. I could be. You could be.
0: And I'm trying to make a valiant attempt to reconquer the Holy Land.
1: How how are, how are your neighbours taking that? Well,
0: so far, okay, so my immediate neighbour that I've just been having like 12 rounds in the ring with Mike Tyson with, yeah, he's still kind of just smashing me around the face. So you're pretty bruised from that. Yep. Pretty bruised from that. But my other two allies, who have been my allies, well, sorry, haven't really attacked me the whole game, they're still not attacking me, um, but, that, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to stop attacking me. Now, my hard part, if I actually am going to make go like go total John Bon Jovi and go you know down in a blaze of glory going for the Holy Land, it's going to be pretty fucking hard because I've got a long way to go <laughs> from do. the yeah. from the northeast of the map to the way the southwest of the map. Uh, I could do it if I was being supported by the uh, uh, and convoyed in by the country that I'm trying to attack.
1: Okay, so that's not going to work. But that probably won't happen. Hey, does this have transform options, the crusade? No, it doesn't.
0: <laughs> oh, Otherwise, it would be moderately... That would be
1: moderately quite amusing. And also, this is this is
0: anonymous and gunboat. <laughs> so I can't even tell people, I'm trying to go for the holy land. Let me through. And I I'm, What I'm, 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 my plan at the moment is just to try to traverse <laughs> non-supply-centred territory so people might just get the idea of, like... What the fuck is that unit from the northeastern part of the map going
1: southwest doing? Can you even get there without going through non-supply centres?
0: Um if I time it right, maybe. Oh yeah. I could go this way and then that way, and then this way, and then that way no, no, and no, then that's this. A supply way, centre. And then Huh?
1: No. You'd have to go through the
0: compulsion. I have to to traverse it during spring.
1: Yeah, like they're going to let you do that.
0: Well, they might work out, what the fuck is this dude doing? Why is he going to the... Oh, he's going to the Holy Land. (laughs) Let him through. Let him through. Let him go on his valiant
1: quest. (laughs) That's Richard the Lionheart there. (laughs) That
0: would assume that I'm England, Kainer. I could be Frats. <laughs>
1: Not that any French unit's going that way at the moment. But he might be soon. Wait and see. I mean, he could play it all right. Um, I don't think. I don't think he's going to get there.
0: I don't think. I reckon. I reckon I'm going to get stabbed, and I'm going to lose my ability to hold my unit for yeah. a while. But no, anyway. no, it'll
1: end up like the Children's Crusade,
0: Mown down by uh, yeah. Salon's men. Saladin? as the Children's
1: Crusade. No, they end up in slaves. Didn't they? they end up got turned to janissaries. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Right. So, so that,
0: and then I've yeah. only got one other game going That's on. How you can
1: make a goal, which is totally, oh, not <laughs> well, one of those. what's this four?
0: obvious that you're not going to win? <laughs> what okay, can you do? So, so we talked about it before. Your ultimate goal: win, draw, survive, eliminate. At the moment, it's win, draw. Conquer the Holy Land. (laughs) Eliminated. Humiliated. Humiliated I said eliminated, but it came out humiliated.
1: (laughs) 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 All right, what's the next one? The
0: last game I'm in at the moment, I think is an anonymous game as well. And um, uh, so I can't talk too much about that one. But I'm doing not too bad. Oh, it's this one. I love this map. I love this map too. So we can't... We can't really talk about the map, can no, we? But, um, it. I'm doing okay. You're not in the map, so I can show you the map. Yeah. What do you reckon? You reckon
1: I'm doing okay? I think you're doing more than okay, mate. <laughs> um, I think by the time this is recorded, you will have won it. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, well done. I mean, that, I, I, I like that map. I love that map. Um,. That map. If, 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 if it has finished by the time you record it, you should just post a link to this particular one. I might do a little
0: intro bonus bit like I did one or two episodes yep. ago.
1: Yep. yep, do that. Alright, we don't want to talk about it too mysteriously, but it's one of those um, bespoke it's good. maps.
0: It's, it's good for once for me to actually be doing well in the game. About fucking time. Actually, I, I've always done well in this particular map. Ba- you know why? Because you and I follow the same strategy.
1: Oh, yeah? Do we? Yeah. What's that?
0: We we, we check the country that we've drawn <laughs> and, and go Who's with won and what their opening moves are.
1: <laughs> and go with what's been done already. Yeah. yeah why reinvent so? the wheel? Exactly. Do you All think right, we well, might be done? I think we may be. We may well be done. Yeah. Okay. Um, nope. Is it? That's it? Good, yep. good stuff? That's, that's it. Let's wrap it up. Well, um... um
0: we spoke about
1: Backstabber, did
0: we? We about... Yeah, yeah. We, we have had a couple of drinks, but you
1: probably... We did talk about Backstabber. Yep. We did, um... Yeah. That's good. I think we're done. There's a few variants coming up, so good. <laughs> Cheers, folks. I'm Andy. I'm Kana. And you've been listening to The Diplomacy Games. Uh,
0: remember usual shit, um... Like us, rate us Like us, rate us Send us money on Patreon so Yeah, we so we can just get, get more pissed than we are now Which is pretty Michael hard bones, to believe well, Microphones and, and shit and whatnot yep. so, and, uh, um,
1: Yeah, yeah, look Rock up to the World Diplomacy Championship yeah. Ambi might be there Oh, I
0: if Mrs. Zambi is Feeling extremely, extremely generous of I don't way. know what the hell I'm going to have to do To get <laughs> Mrs. Zambi over that line But uh, Never know you never know your luck in a big city. If he's there, he's going to have his recorder. And the best part about this one is a weird bit is that we've done an arse nice end around. So we can tell the audience right now that there's going to be another interview in two weeks' time or whenever we release it. Because we just did it. What? <laughs> Kana's got this, 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 like, what the fuck? You... Oh, okay, yeah, remember okay. we did an interview like about an hour and a half ago, Kana? Well, it wasn't an interview. It was like, it you It was know... a chat. It's a chat, you know. General um, talking the shit. Come on board as a new player. Yeah. So the next, the next episode coming up is a interview with a total noob. Noob, yes. newbie, noob, noob. Whatever the young kids call it now is noob, noob, noobies. And um, from a newbie's perspective, what the fuck is this game called,
1: Diplomacy? How does it work? How does it work? It's not like Risk. How so? Yeah. Kind Why of am scenario. I losing from the beginning? <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, and listen to um, advice, essentially. It's us giving advice. Yeah. And, and, and he was saying, I, I, what the I, hell is I, this about?
0: I actually kind of feel a little bit almost like old and mature and like I actually know what I'm talking about. Oh, welcome
2: to the Game I love. Oh. <laughs> 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 okay. Keep going, folks. Bye Cheers. Bye.